The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But right now we're in Psalm chapter 3. So you follow along as I read um, Psalm chapter 3. We read the first three verses last time. And so now this time we're going to pick up in verse number 4. Remember David's in battle. He's running from Absalom. He, he's realizing that Absalom's um, army is growing. His personal army is not. So there's a lot of this concern in his mind. And he's saying, why or how is it that the enemies are cons- around me when I'm, the, I'm in the right? God is with me. So verse 4. He, this is what he responds in the midst of his trials, in the midst of his battles. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. So David has stated, we mentioned last time, he stated the reality of the situation. And he was overly concerned and consumed. And then in verse 2, well, he talked about his frustration too. He he talked about the the mental and emotional battle that can come with believing that maybe God had forsaken him. So we kind of lead a little bit into that same conversation when we get to verse 4. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. It's interesting when he gave the idea of he cried. I, you know, I think that we talk about prayer a little bit. We talk about the idea of silent prayer better, public, open, you know, vocal prayer better. For some occasions, when we hear, and this is maybe just kind of maybe digging a little too far in here, but let me give you my, my opinion when I look at this. When the world is screaming at us to f- go a certain direction, when our enemies or the battles are screaming at us, Satan's trying to get our attention, sometimes it's, it's good just to speak out loud, uh, just to have our voice in the midst to God. Uh, my vo- when we speak out loud, it helps us to drown out uh, the voice of others. For me, I don't do well uh, when I'm just thinking. I'm just you know, praying silently. I don't do well with that. I'm easily distracted. My mind runs a million miles an hour to other things. And, and so I get into a, a big battle of, well, what did I say? And, I, and even just disappear, fall asleep. And so to me, I do better when it's public, when I'm, when I'm vocal. That's just part of my personality. And maybe that's what's being said here. Maybe David is saying there's so many voices speaking to me, so many voices, excuse me, trying to get me to believe something trying to get me off track, trying to get me to get away from what God has asked me to do or what I know is right. And today when I pray, I, I cry. Can I also say that sometimes when we come in prayer and we are overwhelmed by the circumstances, it is okay just to come fully bearing ourselves and exposing who we are to God, to cry out and help, to cry out for strength. To cry out and say, Lord, I'm hurting. I don't get this. I don't, it doesn't make sense. What do I do? I believe there's some great truth and strength in the fact that sometimes we just need to cry out to God. And, and what that does is it helps us to recognize our lack of ability in this. And the fact that we cry to him, it's the source. We cry to him because he's the one that gives the answer. But he says in that verse, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. You know, one of the greatest sources we get in prayer is simply the fact that we are praying to a prayer-answering God. That when we pray, God hears. Now, 
We look back and sometimes his answers aren't the way we want. They're often not the timing we want. And how do you, why do you say not the timing we want? Well, simple. We want answers now. And God often says you're going to have to wait. It's one of the greatest truths is that waiting is developing trust in him. But ultimately, it comes down to the idea that I can cry to God and my strength is found in the fact that whether or not God answers the way I want or in the time I want, that I cry out to God because he listens and I am assured that he is listening, that I am assured that he cares, that I am assured that he cares more about the battles and the circumstances I find myself in than I care. He's more concerned about my family when I pray for them than I am. He's more concerned about my needs than I am. He's more concerned about my marriage than I am, my ministry than I am, the people that I am praying for salvation. He's more concerned about them than I am. And so I go to him with that confidence. And then verse 5, I love this. He says, I, I laid me down and slept. I awakened for the Lord sustained, sustained me. Now why is it important when he says, I laid me down and slept and then awakened for God sustained me? He Here's simple. Have you ever been a spot where, where the circumstances, now again, he's, he's really under great oppression right now. Have you ever been in that same spot where the oppression is so great, you just can't go to sleep? The anxiety is so high. The fear is overwhelming. Your mind is roaming trying to solve the problem. Going back to what they said, the enemy says God has forsaken me. So I'm evaluating, has God forsaken me? Have I done wrong? Do I need to get something right? And, and so my mind roams. And, and frankly, the, the, the silence of the night makes it more complicated. Because now there's nothing else to distract me. I don't have the voice of my children or the voice of my wife or, or a TV program or music or whatever else I'm doing that keeps me engaged in life. I go to bed and silence now screams. And in that time, my mind is free to roam. And unfortunately, if we're not careful, it roams to the worst of places. It's why Paul told the church of Corinth to bring every thought into obedience, to keep, to keep our thoughts captive and to bring them into the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important to do that. And we come and so what happens is the anxiety and, the, and the, the, the screaming of the silence helps me not to be able to sleep. And so what did David said? He said, I lay down, lay down and I was able to sleep. I was able to go to bed, I was able to sleep, and I was able to wake. In spite of all the things going through my mind, I was able to do that. Why? For the Lord sustained me. My strength in God is so real that it even gave me the ability to sleep. My trust in God was so real and is so strong that in the midst of a real battle, in the midst of the real oppression, in the midst of all of the things that are real, I was able to find rest. Not because anxiety wasn't there or these things weren't there. They weren't. I wasn't going to let them control me. I go back to what Paul said in Philippians. He said, um, well, I've done this before. I completely miss it. Um, talks about the idea of laying everything and not letting the circumstances overwhelm me. That I come to him and I just let it go. I, I don't let my circumstances overwhelm me. I come to him, I pray to him, and I leave it with him. I can't remember the exact verse right now, but the principle is there. That the fact that I come to him and I give, the, give my battle to him and I give my concerns to him and I allow him, I trust him to be able to deal with it. So then I'm able to find sleep. Let's go down to verse number six. He says, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me round about. Now, uh, there's two possibilities here. When he says, I will not be afraid of what he said, of 10,000s of people that have 
set themselves against me. The two thoughts, the first one is that he is to an extent exaggerating to establish what he really feels is going on. He says, you know, there may not be 10,000, but I feel like there's 10,000. Or my opinion, what I think has happened, he's saying, I will not be afraid at what is really taking place. Sometimes I think we can become overwhelmed. We say, okay, these, you know, you ever heard this phrase? Um, everybody is saying. You know what happens when you use the phrase everybody is saying? Uh, you give credence to something that's not valid. So, for instance, somebody tells you, and it, it's by text, or you see a comment on Instagram where someone says, hey, everybody's saying this. You know what that means when everybody's saying this? <laughs> everybody's saying this is the person tells you someone else said it. Literally, it could be one, two, maybe three people who are saying or believing something, and they want you to believe everybody believes it. Well, we know that's not true. Not everybody believes it. I mean, let's say in our church, everybody believes something. Well, really? Then how come more of us aren't hearing about it? So here's the principle. I think that if we come to this idea that David is exaggerating for emphasis, I think we're missing the reality of what David's saying here. I believe that David is stating, as the enemies grow, even if they grow to tens of thousands, which could be. I mean, if his son is absorbing all of the armies of Israel, it will easily exceed that number. And David said, even in the face of true conflict, I will not fear. I will not fear because I have put my trust in God. I have not feared because no matter how many people are around, I am put my trust in God. I cried to him and he will be in control. I like what he says in verse 7. Now he's playing straight to God. He says in verse 7, Arise, O Lord, and save me. O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. I think there's something important to notice in this passage that I think is necessary for us and absolutely helpful for us. He says, Arise, O Lord, and save me, for thou hast smitten all my enemies. Understand, he is currently in the midst of a battle, and then when he references the enemies, he stated, you have already done this. It's a past tense situation here. Here's what he's stating. Arise, O Lord, now. Throughout my life and throughout the other battles, you have proven to be helpful. You have proven to offset the enemies that have come to me before. You were there when I was being chased down by Saul. You were there when I was in the caves. You were there when it was just me and my chosen men. You were there when I wasn't sure if I'd ever actually sit on the throne. You were there, and in all the other enemies that have sought to take me out, you have been there. So, Lord, based upon what you've done in the past, I plead with you now to do it again. Based upon what you've done in the past, I plead with you now to take out the enemies. He said, listen, you've broken the bones and pulled the teeth out. You've made these who speak against me pointless and ineffective. And so today I beg you to do that again. And then he gives a one simple reminder. I have to, he goes, I have to remember that salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. The Lord is the one who's going to bring my help. The Lord is the one that's going to bring my salvation. The Lord is the one that is going to solve the problem I find myself in. And that's what we need to find today. We struggle. We're not able to rest in many occasions. We're overwhelmed with, with the reality of what's really going on. And today I encourage us to recognize that our salvation is our God. He is there. Don't listen to the voices of the people. Don't over-exaggerate the reality. Yes, the reality is there, but don't make it bigger than it is. And if it is really that big, still put your trust in God because he has defeated enemies before. He has defeated your enemies before. And greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. May we continue to place our trust in him. 
And may we continue to allow that to work and to teach us and to allow us to find rest in the midst of maybe even chaotic times. Thanks for joining us today. Again, I, I try not, sorry if I'm being a little repetitious. I want to make sure nobody misses this fact. Uh, tomorrow and Thursday and Friday, the devotionals will not live stream uh, just due to software uh, limitations. And my wife and my family and I are on vacation. And uh, so tomorrow, Thursday, uh, tomorrow, Tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, uh, these videos we post, we're recording them ahead of time. They will post on Facebook, church's Facebook account. They will post on the church's YouTube channel. And they will post on the church's Instagram account. And uh, Lord willing, if they do it right, they will post at 11 o'clock. While they will not live stream, they will be there. I encourage you to stay and watch them. If you want to just watch or listen to them, you can go to Spotify or Amazon or um, Apple Podcast, and they will post at 11 o'clock as well, and you can just listen to them that way. Uh, we wanted to make these still available while we were gone, and we hope that that will make sense, and we hope it will still be an encouragement this time. Well, thank you uh, for being with us. Pray for us while we're on vacation in this much needful time of rest. And we're enjoying, I know, I'm sure we're enjoying time with family. We're just, it's nice to get away with family and enjoy this, uh, specifically as I have a senior about to graduate, we enjoy a little more time with them. And uh, so be praying for us as we will be for you in our time away. Thanks for joining us, and we'll hope to see you again next time. God bless. <music>